Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Six, four, Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast with yours truly, Dylan Short, brought to you by 680 The Fan and the Dickey Broadcasting Corporation. We got the final game of spring training today, along with Bryce Elder starting it. But before we get into the nitty gritty of today's show, I do have some big news, at least from my perspective. Uh, first of all, I've got to say thank you guys to all of you who have been tuning into this podcast, and especially big thanks to those of you who've been following along with me uh, across all of the podcasts and, and the uh, intern work I did with 680 as Turtle, uh, or the, the Platinum Sombrero, or my work with Locked On. Thank you so much to you guys who have been following me around, and I am extremely excited to announce that 643 is adding another day. Starting this Saturday, uh, you can hear me every Saturday morning at nine, between 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. on 680thefan.com, or on 680thefan, 93.7 FM. I'll be following Chris Domino. The 643 show with Dylan Short is getting its own Saturday show. So thank you guys so, so much. I'm really, really excited, really looking forward to this. And uh, big thanks to all of you out there. And uh, big thanks to 680 for giving me this opportunity. I'm really excited to see it. I'm really excited to see how it goes. And, uh, you know, it's really, it's all thanks to you guys. If you guys never listened to me, then it probably wouldn't happen. So thank you guys a lot. And um, I hope you guys enjoy the show. I've got some big plans for it already. And uh, the podcast is going to still be going Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's just on Saturday mornings. You know, while you're doing your honeydew list, you can uh, pop in one of those earbuds, hit the uh, tap that app, that 680 the fan app, and uh, all of a sudden I'm in your ears. Um, But we do have some actual baseball to talk about today. I don't want to be patting myself on the back too, too much today. Um, I hope you guys are tuning in as well during uh, today and tomorrow. I was on uh, 680 The Fan doing the audio fun bag last night with Kevin McAlpin and Wiley Ballard. I will be on air again tonight, uh, again with Kevin McAlpin and also with Dan Matthews, uh, as well as tomorrow with Kevin McAlpin and Dan Matthews, getting you guys ready and raring to go for opening day on Thursday. But like I said, today is the last day spring training this is the final game for the braves before the regular season uh you can call it a tune-up call it whatever all i know is on thursday we have real counting baseball and i could not be happier i am very ready to get out of off-season shows and get into uh get into the regular season and the regular season where the braves are defending their title and where i actually think that they're a much better team i don't i don't know if i'll say much better but i think that they're a better team than they were a season ago i think we, we can all agree last year they, they underperformed for most of the year. I don't think you're going to have that problem this year. Uh, and today you're getting to look at uh, one of the other pitchers that I will spend one of my Thursday prospect segments talking about at some point, Bryce Elder, who most had just kind of assumed would be uh, starting Gwinnett's opener. But the Braves called him to start today's final spring training game, and it's gone pretty well for him today. He's gone four innings. Um, does have three walks, but no hits, no runs, two Ks, along with the three walks. And that's 
the three walks are kind of uncharacteristic of Bryce. He's, um, I've, I've mentioned before, he's kind of like Bryce Wilson. Uh, he's got better command of his secondaries, doesn't have quite as much heat on that fastball, but he's kind of built the same style. Uh, he kind of attacks hitters the same way where he kind of attacks the strike zone um, and, and isn't going to get a ton of, of, of swing and miss generally. Um, but he's, he's pitched well today. He's held out the, the Tampa lineup hitless. That's not Tampa's A-list lineup, but, you know, you can only play against who you're playing against. And for Bryce Elder, um, he had a he had a, a good spring. Didn't stand out quite as much as some of the other young arms, but he did show what the Braves like about him so much, which is that he can go out there and he can throw strikes. And that gives you, especially as a young guy, that gives you immense value. He's already on the 40-man, so I wouldn't be shocked to see him make starts this year. He's a guy that I think the front office feels pretty comfortable is going to come up and, and he's not going to walk the yard. Or he's not going to get you into too many dangerous situations. He can uh, he can go out there and he can throw strikes. And whether they get hit or not, that, that can be up to, up to debate. But the, the Braves feel comfortable in their defense. And uh, I, I don't think we're going to have to worry about it as much as we might have in years past. The Braves rotation is set for opening week as we are going to start off Thursday with Max Freed going against Tyler Malley from the Cincinnati Reds, and which is a very intriguing matchup. I like Tyler Malley a lot. I think Malley's a, a really good pitcher, really good strikeout pitcher. Um, the Reds are not a good team, not a great lineup. Um, Friday's game is, is a they're, they've got Reaver San Martin, who I don't know if he still has rookie eligibility, but for all intents and purposes, he's a rookie. Braves will be trotting out Charlie Morton on the bump, which is uh, <laughs> advantage Braves in that respect. I know Charlie's ready and raring to go for the season. And then Saturday's where things get interesting. Game three, you could be forgiven if you had just kind of assumed it was going to be Ian Anderson. But that's not the way that the Braves decided to set this up. Uh, it's a four-game set with Cincinnati, and they've decided to sandwich one of the inexperienced guys in between uh, Charlie Morton and Ian Anderson. So Kyle Wright will be going game three against Vladimir Gutierrez for the Reds. And then on Sunday, you will see Ian Anderson taking on game four. And he will be taking on uh, Uber prospect Hunter Green, which should be a very exciting matchup. Hunter Green, if you don't know, is a guy that can throw anywhere from 100 to 102. The Reds are really excited about him. Um, but there's your first there's your first series. And then I would assume the first Washington series, I would assume that's when you see Waskari Noah get his first start. He is actually, if you look on CBS Sports, that's he, he's projected to, to, to pitch against um, Washington and, and their starter, Adon uh, Joan Adon, uh, a rookie. Now, I don't know how true that is from the Washington perspective, but that's kind of how I would figure it would, it would uh, kind of shape out. Maybe on Tuesday, maybe you see them start a six starter. Maybe you'll see Tucker Davidson or Spencer Strider. But that is a very intriguing matchup to watch. Uh, the Braves have Spencer Strider up on the big league roster. He's expected to break camp with the Braves. After the Luke Jackson injury, which we'll get to in a second, um, you, you'd kind of assume that Strider's going to be in the bullpen. Um, Strider has, you know, the Braves have viewed Strider as a starter, but Strider also came out and said he just wants to make the big league club, so whichever capacity he can make that and help the team he's willing to do. And you look at his fastball-slider combination, you think that's an instant ace in the bullpen. Uh, he does have a changeup that this spring he's been a lot more willing to use, which is a, a good portending to uh, him staying in the rotation. The Braves obviously would prefer he could keep that 100 miles an hour in the rotation. Um, but he is a guy that I don't think is, is uh, I, don't, I don't think he's going to be bogged down in any one area. I think whatever you throw Spencer Strider, and I think he's going to do very well. Tucker Davidson's in kind of that same boat. Uh, Tucker has had some really, really good starts, and, and Tucker apparently has beaten out Kyle Muller. I think those two are so similar that they're kind of always competing with each other. 
Uh, Tucker, I would assume, is a, is probably the sixth guy for that rotation early on in the season. I think that that'll be Tucker Davidson. And then once, once you no longer need a sixth guy, I think that Tucker um, – I think Tucker will probably get sent down to Gwinnett to, to kind of lead the Gwinnett rotation. Um, but they could have him be the long man in the bullpen if they just want another lefty in there. Darren O'Day makes the bullpen as well. Uh, I, I'm very excited to see the Tucker Davidson Spencer Strider thing. Uh, it may be, I don't know how long they're planning on rolling with a six starter, but if they have to go multiple times, it could be more matchup based than just one or the other. Uh, seeing as Tucker is lefty, Spencer righty. Um, but having Luke Jackson go down with the injury, that does complicate matters just a touch. Uh, now, they, they, they did an MRI on his elbow, did reveal some UCL damage. They haven't announced whether or not he's getting Tommy John surgery. I, I would just say get the surgery. Uh, the, the list of guys that have opted to try to heal without surgery and then have not at some point needed the surgery anyway is a very short list. And guys generally don't perform very well because they're not able to go all out because they don't trust their elbow. I, uh, generally, I would say it's better to just go ahead and get the surgery. Uh, you, you don't want to be dealing with this for multiple years. It's, it's sad for Luke. This is his final year with the Braves uh, before needing another contract. So uh, it, it's very, um, it, it's, it sucks, quite frankly. It sucks for Luke Jackson as a guy who has completely turned it around in a way that I, I don't remember many other Braves players in my lifetime doing, where he was just universally hated to become one of the most universally beloved members of this team in an absolutely dominant bullpen piece. And a guy who, um, we talked about this yesterday uh, during the audio fun bag, if you just looked at his base numbers in the postseason, you would have thought he pitched. He didn't pitch well at all. But when you dug a little deeper and saw the ratings on his on just his pure stuff, was maybe the best reliever from the team and one of the best in the entire postseason. He's he's got ridiculous stuff, and that that's one of the reasons why Strider kind of taking Luke's spot this year. It doesn't concern me. Um, Strider actually modeled his slider off of Luke's. That's the slider that Spencer Strider throws, which is an absolute devastating slider. And then Spencer also has 100 miles an hour in the tank. Uh, so I, I, I don't think you're going to have a big drop-off from on-field between those two, other than Luke has gotten a ton of experience in higher leverage situations uh, from something that he wasn't super comfortable with early on in his career to something that he's handled very well over over the past few seasons. It's a shame... Uh, I'm hoping that they that they still bring Luke back. He's he's young enough that uh, I don't think um, I don't think that there's any real worries about what this is going to do to his arm. Full stop. And I think that Luke is a guy that I I'd just like to see a guy like Luke Jackson remain on the team. So um, Spencer Schrider is going to be very very important to this team. I think it's more likely that Spencer takes Luke's spot than Tucker, which is one of the other reasons I think Tucker, after the six starter is not needed, is probably going to move down to Gwinnett uh, and. and be the the main guy in that rotation until such a time as he's needed again um but that does kind of bring another another bit of importance onto colin McHugh, who i've already said i think colin McHugh is the linchpin pitching wise i think colin McHugh is, is the guy that the the hopes for this braves team really hinge on uh from the pitching staff wise obviously you need charlie and max to be outstanding obviously you need to be able to close out games and your bullpen needs to be good but I think Colin McHugh and his versatility from being able to throw uh, the high leverage innings uh, from the right-handed perspective, which you could run anywhere from the sixth inning on up, to be able to open games for you, to be able to give you uh, multiple innings, three, four, five innings, to, to give you spot start at, starts at times, to be able to come in and clean up a mess from any of these, uh, if Waskar or, or Kyle Wright or Tucker Davidson or, or really anybody, Kyle Muller, it, 
any of these young guys, if they struggle in an outing, you can have confidence bringing McHugh at any point in the game and knowing that he can give you multiple innings. In a bullpen that is really geared towards giving you multiple innings anyway, Colin McHugh stands out from the fact that he was an actual legitimate starter uh, and then a guy that's a, a really, just a really talented pitcher with really outstanding stuff, as you've seen this spring. So I think that uh, with Luke Jackson going down, Luke was kind of that guy that could float around from the sixth inning to the ninth inning. Uh, I think Colin McHugh becomes even more important. And I think that's important to note because if you're looking at power rankings, you'd, you might have noticed that the Braves um, were ranked eighth. Now, I'm just going to tell you this right now. I don't care at all about power rankings. Power rankings generally are designed for people who – don't have enough actual content that they need to drum up some controversial content without actually knowing much about the teams that they're ranking. So no shocker, you'll see uh, the Dodgers be number one. The Brewers, I believe, were third on the list, which that that if you rate the Brewers in the top five and you and you mention Christian Yelich as a reason why they're in the top five, uh, that just goes to show me that you haven't really watched the Brewers at all. The Brewers pitching staff is is phenomenal. Their, their bullpen... Um, the back end of their bullpen is lights out. Getting to the back end of their bullpen, not quite so much, but they're back in with Josh Hader uh, and, and, and Devin Williams. Absolutely lights out. Um, their, their big three, I think, is the best in baseball between Corbin Burns, um, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, and this year you might also see, um, you might see Aaron Ashby kind of pick up in there as well. There, there's a lot of people that are, that are high on some of the, the Milwaukee prospects. Um, but there's there's no reason to buy in or really to even go in depth with discussions as far as power rankings go. Uh, it's way too early to do that anyway, and, and it's not it's just designed to make you upset and to click on the link. So I'm not going to spend any more time on it. Um, but what I am going to do is set you up for this little second segment here, where I kind of want to take a little reset real quick. Um, we're going to do something that I haven't done on this show, but I plan to make this a feature every season. Uh, that I'm doing this. We're going to do some over-unders. We're going to do some vault questions. First one I want to do over-under is 92.5 wins for the Braves. That is the official line, 92.5. Obviously, you can't win half a game, so you only have one way to be right here. I'm going to say over. Um, now, this might come back to bite me in the backside. I said this last year, and obviously the Braves uh, did not win 90 games last year, but I don't think that you have the same... I don't think you have the same issues this year that you had going on last year. Uh, unless there's just another extremely slow and inexplicably slow start this year, which I don't, I don't foresee happening. Uh, this is a team that I, I could see winning 95, 96 games. I could see that. I could see them cresting a hundred wins. Quite frankly, there's not really, you do kind of still have to rely on, on two young arms, at least early on barring any sort of trade. Um, but I, I just tend to think that this Braves team, they're so well constructed top to bottom. They have so many complementary pieces that can pick up the slack if somebody else has a day off. Like this, this Braves team is can win games one nothing. They could win games ten nine. They could win games late. They can come back late in games. They're they're well designed. They're a well designed team, and I think you'll see that happen. I think a lot of the bad luck with their record in one run games a season ago. I think you'll see that kind of shift around back to to kind of the norm for Atlanta. So I think ninety two and a half. I'm going to take the over on that. Um, now I'm going to start getting into some that I'm I'm just throwing out here. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. 
Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. These are going to be fun. Play along at home. Make sure you save this episode. Write down your own answers, and we'll uh, kind of revisit these at season's end. Ronald Acuna, over under 30 homers and 30 steals. Now, this is a package because I fully expect Acuna to, to break 30 home runs. Uh, that's easy. Is he going to break 30 steals, missing about a, about a month of the season? I'm going to go over. Uh, I, I don't know that I'm ready to say 40-40. But larger bags makes me think that the Braves are going to steal a lot more often this season. I think that Major League Baseball as a whole is going to steal bases a lot more often. Um, And Ronald Acuna, he wants 40-40. He wants it badly. He just missed it a couple years ago, back in 2019, I believe it was, Um, but just missed it. And I think this year, I think he gets 30-30 again. This will be his second time with 30-30. And I'm not going to rule 40-40 out, but I'm going to say for for all intents and purposes here, I'm going to say 40 I'm going to say 40 homers, and I'm going to say 30, 35 steals. Um, Matt Olson, over under 40 home runs. That's a big number. Uh, I know Matt Olson has gigantic power. One thing that I don't know that is being considered, one kind of outlier we aren't sure how it's going to affect things, is, is the humidors being installed in every single ballpark, uh, not just places like Arizona and Colorado. So now the baseballs will be stored in a humidor. And what that does is kind of leave the balls, uh, doesn't allow them to dry out and get hard. Or if you, if you ever heard pitchers last season describing uh, the baseballs once they swapped over, Besides from lowering the seams, it was a firmer baseball where you couldn't really get much of a grip on it. Uh, it was a very hard surface. If they're kept in the humidor, chances are they're going to be uh, a little bit more malleable, meaning it's, it, it might be a nice way for baseball to kind of make it so the pitchers can still manipulate pitches. But what it's going to do is allow some moisture to stay in the baseball, make it a little bit heavier of a baseball, harder to hit the ball out. So I'm not sure how that's going to affect all of this, but I'm still going to say over. I think Matt Olson getting... Uh, 81 games in Truist Park. I, I think um, he might as well go ahead and, and see if he can get a season ticket on top of the chop house and just kind of put a bucket out there and see how many baseballs he hits on top of the chop house because it's going to be plenty of them. If you're a left-handed hitter for this Braves lineup, if you're a left-handed hitter who lifts the ball, you should be very, very excited. I think Matt Olson is an easy bet for over 40 home runs. Uh, I think you'll see him crest 44, 45 this year. He could flirt. He could flirt with the Braves franchise home run record for a single season. That that's especially if Degrom misses a full month, like as as expected. Um, the Marlins have a good pitching staff. The Nationals do not. He should feast on the Nationals. There's not a lot of lefties in in the NL East this year. It's mostly right-handed pitchers, um, and you've got multiple stadiums here, which are going to be very home run friendly. And I think that that Matt Olson is going to have just a bonkers power season. So I think I'm going to take the over on that one. Dansby Swanson over under 15 stolen bases. This is one where I'm really not sure. He's never stolen more than 10 in a season. Um, You always kind of look at him and think that he should have more steals. He's pretty fast. He just doesn't steal a lot of bases. Uh, The bigger bases should help. And I think the Braves will attempt to run more. But I think I'm going to take the under on this one. I think he'll get close. I think he'll set a, a career high in steals, but I don't think he's going to get to 15. I think you'll you'll be seeing him 12 to 13. Uh, I, I just 
I'm not quite certain that they that they view Dansby as a running guy. Typically hits a little bit lower in the order, and they don't like to to waste outs anywhere. Maybe you see it. Maybe you see him and Ozzy both really going after a ton of stolen bases. I could have put Ozzy on this as well. Um, next one, Max Fried over under nine strikeouts per nine innings. This is a big one for me. I think this is the one area of Max Fried where you look at and say, this is the thing that's holding him back from being considered one of the true elite pitchers around baseball, not just from the Braves fan base. We see him night in and night out, but this is one of those areas where the, the truly elite, not just the great pitchers, but the elite of the elite, they're all high strikeout guys. And I think Max has the ability. He doesn't have a super high spin rate fastball, so it's not one that typically plays up in the zone. It's, it's more of a, a down and away, kind of a, an old school type of, of mentality with his fastball. But his breaking pitches, his off speed is so good that you should think you would expect him to have higher strikeout totals. And he's, he's shown in the past that he's got games where he can run 10, 11 strikeouts. He's never done it consistently because he, he will get lots of weak contact, which is one of the, the pure strengths of Max Fried is how hard it is to barrel his pitches, how much easy contact he gets, how many quick innings he gets and how efficient he is. He's never a guy to chase strikeouts, which means if you're willing to roll over on a pitch that you can't do anything with, he'll gladly let you hit it and let his defense work. So for the sake of this, I'm going to say under. I think he's going to remain kind of what he's about, 8.8, 8.5, 8.8, right around there per nine. I would not be shocked, though, uh, if he's he's closer to nine and a half. I would not be shocked if he's more than a strikeout at inning type of pitcher. I think he has that pure stuff. And I think if, if, if... this is the season that Max truly, truly takes that next step. I think that uh, in a year where everybody's expecting him to, uh, for the Braves to approach him about an extension, this, this would be a good year for him to do it. And finally, uh, the last one I have for this, over under 230 team home runs. This is a big number. Uh, I don't think people quite appreciate the home run power on this Braves team. You're talking about... Guys with 30 home run power, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Marcelo Zuna, Matt Olson, and Adam Duvall. These are guys that have already hit 30 home runs in a season. Uh, you're talking about guys that were 25 plus. You've got Dansby Swanson. Um, you've got, uh, I think you could I think you could say Travis Darno is close to 20, 25 at his peaks. Um, I don't know that I'd predict that from him full stop, uh, but Eddie Rosario, uh, 25 home runs in his past, 27, and same as Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson coming off a 27 home run year. The Braves have at least five or six hitters in this lineup who are good, who are 25 plus home run types of guys. And that's not counting guys in the bench. Alex Dickerson, he's good for probably 12 to 15. Uh, you're talking about William Contreras, who if he were to, if you were to average out to a full season, is probably good for 12 to 15. Travis Darno is probably good for 15 to 20. Manny Pena is probably good for 9 to 12. This is a team that can hit bombs. Orlando Garcia, I'm not going to count on anything from him, but if he ever shows you what he showed you in Gwinnett, which at this point I don't know if you're going to see it, uh, but there's another one you're talking about 12 to 15. There's a lot of power on this team. I'm going to say over. I think that this team sets the Braves franchise record for home runs in a season. I think Matt Olson leads the way. I think Matt Olson leads the team in home runs. Um, but I'm not going to be surprised at all if Ronald Acuna is flirting with that <laughs> with that record as well. I think that this is a team that that you could conceivably see five different players hit 30 home runs. This is people always talk about the Dodgers lineup and their ability to hit home runs. The Braves have that same level of lineup power-wise. Uh, you can tell me that the Dodgers have all of these past MVPs. You can tell me about Mookie Betts. You can tell me about Trey Turner. You can tell me about Freddie, obviously. You can tell me about Max Muncy. 
Cody Bellinger doesn't know how to hit the ball anymore, so I can't count him as a 30 home run guy until he shows that he can hit homers again. If you're talking about depth of power in this lineup, and you tell me I can take, uh, I don't know, I can take Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Justin Turner, uh, Max Muncy, uh, and then I don't know who else to throw in here. Will Smith, their catcher, who's probably good for north of 25 homers. Or I can take Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olson, Austin Riley, who's a 40 home run threat this year, Marcelo Zuna. I think the Braves out homer the Dodgers this year. I'll say it. I think the Braves have the best power lineup. Maybe you could say the Yankees because they play in Little League stadiums, but I think the Braves, top to bottom, have the most consistent 30-plus home run types of guys. I think the Braves could have 40, could have three 40 home run players this year. There's nothing to say that they can't. That's the that's the level of power they have on this team. And all of those guys, with the exception of a couple, um, I think I think Matt Olson, what you saw from him last year, is what you're going to really start seeing from him more consistently. I think he's anywhere from 260 to 275. Um, the strikeout rates are going to drop a little bit, and you're going to see the walk rates continue to soar. I think he's three 370, 380 type OBP player, kind of kind of similar to what you'll see from those kind of big power bats. But when what you're looking at from the rest of the guys, I think Austin Riley's a 40 home run guy this year. I think what you saw from him last year is fully sustainable. And so all of his underlying metrics, his exit velocities, uh, his his lift rates, his contact rates, uh, his pull percentages, his fly ball percentages, all of that supports that what he was doing last year was not just some fluke thing, but something that is eminently sustainable. And it took him a while to get to it. And I know there's a lot of you on Twitter who right now are uh, crowing and making fun of me, uh, looking at you here, Rakes. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit that you guys, I'd never thought that Riley would fully figure it out. I thought he was a guy that was going to have to decide whether he wanted to be a contact guy or a power guy, but not both. But he seems to have really solidified who he is. Uh, and, and, I made mention of it a lot when I was doing TPS. I made mention of it when I was doing Locked On. I made mention of it early in the kind of crossover from the Chuck and Turnoff show into the audio fun bag last night. That Yankee series for Austin Riley, that was a big turning point for him. That was a point where all of a sudden, all the work he'd been making to make contact more consistently with balls uh, on the outside corner, slightly off the plate, and, and to be able to, to make contact really turned into making solid lifting contact. And that's when a lot of the ground balls and kind of the pokes to the right side kind of stopped. And he started actually hitting the ball with authority. And then he just carried it through for the rest of the season. I think that that's something you're going to see Riley do completely from this point on. I think, I think at this point in time, you could make a real argument that the, the, that Austin Riley is going to be one of the most dangerous offensive players in baseball. I think he's a guy that should be able to consistently hit anywhere from 275 to 300. I think he's a guy that should consistently be able to have his walk rates in the double digits, 12, 13%, especially as he continues to learn the strike zone more. Uh, and I think he's a guy that's going to put a lot of fear into the hearts of opposing pitchers to where he's going to get pitched very carefully. And you sandwich him behind Matt Olson. I'd sandwich him behind Matt Olson in between Marcelo Zuna as well. Make sure that pitchers kind of feel like they have to throw to him a little bit. And I think you're looking at a big breakout year for Austin Riley. All that to say, I think this Braves team breaks the record for most home runs by by a team uh, in history, in, in single season history. This that's That's the kind of level I view this team. So, very long-winded answer to say, I'm taking the over on the Braves' home runs. You could set it at 240. I think I'd probably still hit the, hit the over. I think this Braves team has a shot of flirting with 250. I think I think that's how many home runs these guys could hit. Uh, and that, that should lead to very good things for the Braves. I think that this is, personally, I think they're the best team in baseball. Uh, you got to go out there and prove it on the field. 
but I don't see any roster in baseball that I would look at and say they're definitively better than the Braves, even on paper. The Dodgers, you could make an argument. If you just want to take paper and not take any underlying anything, you just want to go name value per their position, maybe you could say the Dodgers. But that's it. There's nobody else in the league that I would say has has the type of depth that this Braves team does. Uh, and when I say that, I don't mean bench depth. Although once, once Acuna comes back, I think the bench looks substantially stronger for the Braves. Um, but what you look at is... They don't have a glaring weakness on any of their sides. Maybe their starting rotation isn't the strongest in the league. It is certainly not weak. It is certainly in the top 10. Um, maybe you look at their bullpen. Their bullpen should be viewed in the top three. Even losing even losing Luke Jackson, their bullpen should be viewed in the top three. You look at their lineup. That should be viewed in the top five, maybe the top three. You look at their defense. Once Acuna comes back, their defense should be considered top five. You look at their, their team speed. They're probably... They're probably top 10, but guys like Acuna and Ozzy and Dansby are, are very quick. Austin Riley is very quick for his size. Uh, th- there's a lot of guys who are a lot faster than you think on this team. Matt Olson's not fast at all. Um, Travis Darno, not fast at all. But they have guys on this squad who are a lot faster than they appear, and they've got good team speed. They have good arm strength. They have good defense. They don't make a lot of errors. This is a team that is a well-run machine, and I think the entire baseball world is going to start to see what I really believe is the start of one of these real dynasties. I'm talking about one of these 1990s Yankee style of dynasties. I think that that's what we're looking at here. And the march to that dynasty starts this season. I think the march to winning it. I think the Braves could be the first repeat World Series champion we've had since the Yankees. I really would not be shocked at all. I'm excited to see it. I can't wait for Thursday to see how this gets underway. Max Fried versus Tyler Malley, a super exciting matchup of two really good arms uh, leading into just some really fun matchups the rest of the way. I can't wait. I know you guys can't wait either. Get your tickets. Go show, show Liberty media, show the Braves exactly what last year meant. Show the playoffs weren't just a fluke thing that this is something that can sustain all year long, because now we've seen you spend the money and show up. That money's going to go back into this team. We've got the chance to become not just a blue blood, but a blue blood that understands where you come from. I've always kind of measured this against being a working class guy versus being uh, born with a silver spoon in your mouth. Looking at you Dodgers. This is a chance for the Braves to be that, that kind of, that supreme, um, that idyllic blue blood that began as as kind of a, a, a normal blue-collar worker who understands the rise to get there. I think that this is, this is just the start of what could be one of the best dynastic runs that we've seen in baseball in a long, long time. I can't wait to see it. I know you guys can't either. And I can't wait to see it with you guys. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and call it a day here. We'll be back again on Thursday for the 643 Podcast. <laughs> That's all, folks. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.